Hello and welcome back to the Men You Are Not Alone podcast. This will be episode 35. It's a solo episode. I have not launched a new series yet, and it's going to be just a little while before I do. This episode is going to uh, pertain to a man's need to have a connection with the natural world. And it's something that I've seen for decades and something that I see, at least in this part of the country where I'm at, and I'm in Tennessee, it is something that has increasingly waned over time that people are not necessarily, men are not necessarily having much of a connection with the natural world. Uh, when when I lived out west, that was a pretty stout connection in most men. I don't know if that is holding true, but uh, men tend to find themselves out west to find that connection with the natural world. And it is it is important. The natural world is something that's easy to overlook in the hustle and bustle of our daily lives as we sort of get herded into this mentality of produce to consume, produce to consume, and it's a constant feedback loop. At least in America, a good American is a good producer so that he can be an obedient consumer. And I would say perhaps maybe the younger generation's uh, kids I see now in their teens and 20s are perhaps seeing through that illusion, which is a good thing. I, I, I think it's it's time that, that we sort of reevaluate what we do as a people. And plus the cost of things is skyrocketing so big that that the American dream, in, in quotes, uh, somehow years ago that got tied to owning a house and being a slave to a job and having two cars that we can't afford or, and and can barely make payments on and, and living right at the edge of collapsing under the weight of debt. So that, in my opinion, when I say the American dream, that does not entail what I see as the American dream. I see it as, as something where a man can make something, pursue his, what God put it in him to be, and to do it with freedom. And that looks like a host of different things inside all of us, because we are unique. Uh, we do face life differently. Maybe we face the exact same things, but every moment for every individual is unique. And it has to be, in my opinion, uh, responded to uniquely by us. And it takes a different shape. It takes a different course. And we were not created by God to be cookie cutter, something we, we are unique and even if our culture tries to strip that out and make us all the same, we are not all the same. And that, in my mind, violates the natural order of the world. And it doesn't matter what country you're in. People, humankind, we are unique. Uh, individuals are unique from each other. And we are not just drones. We are not just robots. But we live in a world, at least in my world, and in the United States, where we are constantly reinforced to remain in the man-made world. And I think there's a reason for that. Um, I, I'm going to use my own life as an example really quick. So my present life, I am a construction manager, and my world is creating man-made things as fast as I can make them, or as fast as I can coordinate men to do it. Or I've got a couple of women that work on my job site sometimes, too. As fast as I can get people to, to manufacture something and put it on the ground so that people can have their stuff, that is everything as far as my 
professional world, that is the sum total of most of it. And I am expected to produce mightily to feed all the obedient consumers who are looking to become shackled by a debt that will change their life. And I don't think it's necessarily in a positive direction. But uh, the natural world is something that resets a man. And and I don't know where you're at. I don't know actually now looking at some of the locations that this podcast gets carried to and downloaded. I, I don't know what your geography looks like where you live. I don't know what your culture looks like necessarily. It may be very violent. It could be a war-torn territory. It could be a place where perhaps you're a young man whose parents were killed in a war zone. I don't know. But as you move through life, I've learned over the decades that one of the easiest ways to make a life change in a man is to remove him from the man-made world. And before I came to the southern, kind of southeast part of the U.S., my life was all in the Rockies, and I would take men. I lived and breathed a wilderness area, and it was remote, and I loved it. And you can read my book if you want to. It definitely goes into more detail than what I want to do here. And this is more of an encouragement to sort of grab men by the shoulders and remind you, don't forget the natural world. Because I have watched over the decades, when I was young, again, you can get my book if you want to read this. And like I said in a previous podcast, you can now get my book, I think probably because it doesn't sell much. But anyway, Amazon finally drove the price way down. It's like $3 now. And I think you can get the Kindle version for free, which is great. I love it. I, I don't see that as a negative in any way. I would like it to be as affordable as possible. I didn't write that book to make money. I wrote it because it was in me to write it and to help men. But in my former life of out West, rugged and vast was my my life. And I didn't I knew that that was my connection to the world. Growing up, I was kind of a short, pudgy kid. Well, I was definitely short. There was definitely some years where I was not the fat kid, but pudgy. I was never athletic. I mean, not really. I could throw a baseball really well um, until all the kids, by the time I got to eighth grade, the kids had all grown. I did not uh, because I started school when I was four. So I was always about a year or more behind my peers in my own class, my own grade. So I didn't really start growing until my junior year in high school, till I was, I turned 16 my junior year of high school. And that's when I started growing. And I was five foot two until I was, until after I was 16. And I think I weighed a buck 30, 130 pounds, 125, something like that. So I was not, I was not athletic material, but I love the mountains and and that that's where God became even more exceedingly real to me was in the natural world. And I found I had such a strong affinity for the natural world and it kept my life. I don't know that we ever have a balanced life. I don't think that life in and of itself is something intended to be entirely balanced. I think that that is what I think sometimes the imbalance is what uh, helps us to grow and and be challenged and to decide how we're going to answer life's questions for that day, how we're going to respond and what we're going to do with the life that we were given that day. If it was all balanced and smooth, it'd be boring. 
But the fastest way I, I have found, not only in my own life, but also in a whole lot of men, is to reset their compass by taking them away from the man-made world. And and when we're in the man-made world, the man-made world, we adapt to it and we think that that is the picture of how things should be and everything in the man-made world is normal. And then everything outside of that, like the man-made world is the standard. It's the baseline for normal. When in fact, if you go away to a remote area or you get away from the man-made world, especially for an extended period of time, and you come back into the man-made world, you realize what a circus it really is. And it's a hustle, bustle, noisy. It's really noisy. That is one thing that has always stood out to me. I have never returned from an extended period in the mountains and not noticed the tremendous noise of the man-made world. And you have to experience it to really understand it. And I don't mean just noise, audible noise. I mean, signs that say, read me, do this, advertisements. You realize the constant barrage of noise. It's like being in an amusement park all the time. And then you know, when you come into an amusement park, it seems loud. Um, but then you get used to it, it seems normal. Then when you leave it, it seems exceedingly quiet. The same is true when you when a, when you take a man into the natural world. So wherever you are, there is some place. Not everybody can go disappear into the mountains for an extended period of time. I can't really do that anymore just because of my station in life at the moment. But if if the only thing that you have in your life right now is entirely man-made, I want to caution you strongly that you will adapt to that and begin to establish that as a baseline for normal in your life. And you won't realize how ramped up your head is. And I think that a lot of health issues that we have these days are due to sustained stress of being in the man-made world where it is constant. Uh, it's, it's constantly go, go, go as if the world depended on us. Like if we stop doing what we're doing right now, suddenly all of the earth is going to just stop and it's going to collapse. And that's that's absolutely not the case. People start and stop stuff all the time. And it, 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 it doesn't really make, it, it makes a collective difference in a small scale. But in the bigger picture, it, it's just a splash in the ocean. That's it. It's a raindrop that hits the ocean. And yes, over the years, maybe raindrops impact the height of the ocean. But it's not like it, it, it every drop just makes a vast difference in the ocean height or the, the amount of water or the saline content. So if you are, if you are only in a man-made world, it's time to in my opinion, to change the way you're living and and start setting aside some time for uh, time away, time to get away where the world is more quieted, where the, the sounds that you hear are those of the natural world, the sounds of pine cones falling off of a tree, the sound of birds singing, um, even the sound of, of a squirrel climbing a tree, listening to its as it rakes across the bark, a bird hopping from branches, the sound of falling water, uh, the gentle breeze through leaves. There's the crackle of a fire, a piece of wood on a fire crackling. It doesn't matter what it is. There is something exceedingly soothing in that for a man. Like I said, I know everybody can't get away, but to the extent that you can, where you live, you may live in a big city, 
but there is some form of the natural world. And I know a lot of times people that live in big cities may not own a car because the cost of parking and, and the congestion of the area, it's just not conducive to owning a car. But there is somewhere around you, and you may you may not have two sticks to rub together. You may be living in a little studio apartment and barely able to afford that. But I've lost everything before, and there is always a cheap way to do something or a free way to do something. And there is a piece of the natural world somewhere within striking distance of you, or it's attainable. You can get to it. And so I want to encourage you as 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 you continue in the hustle and bustle of of city life or uh, exceedingly urban areas. It doesn't matter, even if it's a small town. If you're only staying in the man-made world, you are losing. You are missing out. And you won't realize, I can't tell you what you're missing out. You have to go find it. So even if it's taking a a hammock or a, a towel, it doesn't matter. Just go sit on the ground somewhere. Go sit at the edge of a lake. Even if it's a city park. It doesn't matter. If that's all you have access to, then that's what you have access to. If that's what you can afford, that's what you can afford. And you you make a choice to make the best of what you have. But I would watch as I took men up into high up in the Rockies and far away from the man-made world enough that it stripped everything about who they were. I took them to places where it didn't matter what they did for a living, how much money they made how much perceived power they had back in the man-made world, how much status, what kind of vehicles they had. All of that disappeared. Nobody cared about what kind of house you lived in, what neighborhood you lived in, what you did for a job. There was no pissing contest. In You take a man to 13,000 feet and you make it remote. You take him 15, 20, 30 miles away from a road where every decision is critical because an injury can be a life-changing event. When you're remote like that, it it completely changes everything about life. Like I said, you have to go experience it. I can explain it to you or describe it to you, but I would take these, these men who were, uh, they're the guys a lot of times that appeared to have it all together. And I would take them out into remote areas. And as long as they stayed in the man-made world, they did have it all together. That's that, that appearance was pretty accurate. But the problem is it's sort of like when you, like the ant sitting on the ant hill. If the ant never ventures out, the ant thinks that the whole world is nothing but an ant hill, and it's not. And if you don't pull out of what you're accustomed to and and go back to the natural world, you're just missing out. And I would watch the transition of men. And in my book, I detail this far more than what I would I, I would ever cover in a podcast. Uh, the transition of men. The man that I took into remote areas, even standing at the trailhead, was a vastly different man than the man that walked back out. Whether it was three or four days later or 10 days later, whatever it might have been. The man who walked back out of the woods bore very little reflection of the man who was at the trailhead when we started. It it wasn't a temporary change. It wasn't like something that sort of jostled their life a little bit. I watched genuine life change take place in men that I took out into remote areas and brought them back. It changed forever their perspective of life, their role in the world, the value of their career. It it reprioritized so much stuff in their life that it would take them months or years to sort that out. 
And it's amazing the impact that that has on a man's life. And that's why I stress that to you. If you are living this continually stressful existence and you are constantly thinking about your production, what you are adding to the machine, you were created for better than that. And the only way you're going to realize that, I believe, based on decades of observation with men, is to take you out of that world and go get into the natural world. And you kind of remember that that all of this, you didn't create it. The little bit of stuff where you live, yes, man created that. But the overwhelming majority of the entire earth is still, it looks the way God made the earth. Or it's natural. However you want to look at it. And there is a pristine order and beauty to it that will make a man, if he will stop and take it in, shut off his mind and just take in the natural world, it quiets a man's soul. It quiets his spirit. And he realizes he doesn't always have to have the answer. He doesn't have to have the plan. And he can have as many plans as he wants. But when you look across the natural world, especially in remote areas, it will remind you that you don't control the earth. It doesn't matter how powerful you are. There is an order that God created. You will not shut that down. You will not overpower it. You will not exceed its ability to overpower you. And so you won't find much around your world that is going to encourage you in your daily life to unplug from the man-made world. There's not much around you in your daily life. In fact, maybe nothing that's going to encourage you to plug back into the natural world, or if you've been away from it, if you've never plunged into it, there's nothing around you that's going to tell you that. It is produce, consume, produce, consume. As if all of us are saving lives, and it is such a masterful deception. And it does help to make the production consumption cycle go, and but that that's not what life is about. Life is about every day is a gift to you. And I can't put you I can't put you in those shoes. You have to experience it. You don't need to have a lot of money to do it. You don't need any money to do it. The natural world is somewhere within striking distance of you. You can start there. Find time. Schedule it. Most people are big into scheduling now. Schedule some regular time to unplug from the man-made world. Go out into the natural world wherever you live, whatever it looks like. Don't sit on the concrete, don't sit under a roof, get out into the natural world, sit on a log, sit on a rock, sit at the edge of a lake, a river, whatever you have access to, lean up against a tree where you can touch the grass, you can smell the trees, um, you can hear the water, you can watch the clouds, watch the sun. All of those things do something to a man that he has to experience to understand what I'm saying. And I want to be that that random voice in your daily life, at least for this one episode, that says you need to get back into the natural world because once you understand what I'm talking about, you will experience it. It will pull you back in and you're go- it's going to make an indelible mark. And I will part ways with this one thing. I've, I've been meaning to record this episode for about a week now. And I've, I've just been tied up with other things trying to get... I'm still working on this presentation for men for the leaders of men to try to get men's issues out onto the table because that is that is my current uh, objective, my mission. 
So I, I just got back from church a little bit ago and I bumped into a man that I've seen at the church for many years, but I've never really talked to him. And we just kind of got into this little space physically kind of close and we just started talking and with another friend of mine and we went, we started talking about boots at first and then it rolled into the mountains and stuff like that. And, and in talking with him, I, you know, I mentioned, I don't talk much about my personal life around people. And so a lot of people don't know the life I've lived necessarily. I've told more in this podcast than anybody I've ever told a cumulative total of anything else. But I watched this man, you know, he was just kind of got his hands in his pocket, just sort of there existing. And we went from boots to talking about the mountains. And then he started talking about, he said, oh, I didn't know you were from out west. He said, I used, you know, I lived, my wife and I lived in on the east coast of Oregon for a while. Back when I was in the Coast Guard, you know, I was in the Coast Guard running up and down the entire Pacific coast. And he started talking about Oregon and the coastline and and the big trees and, and everything and how much he missed that connection to the natural world. And he, and I, but I watched his body language and he went from kind of inanimate, like unanimated with his hands in his pocket. Shoulders were kind of slumped. His face was just kind of uh, blank, just having conversation. But once we started talking about the natural world and, and what he had seen, the mountains, the, the ocean, the rivers, the plants, the large trees, listening to the birds, the bald eagles, just things from his experience. His hands came out of his pockets. He started talking with his hands, animating with his hands. His face lit up. His shoulders squared up. He was standing up straight, and he looked completely alive. And I I look for that transition in men, and I see it in, in every man who has experienced something. And I watch that, and that's been years ago that he lived there. But he relived it as freshly as if it was yesterday. It made an indelible mark in him. This is a man who ran up and down the the Pacific coast for the Coast Guard from Alaska to the southern tip of California. But when he started talking about exploring and expeditions, not really expedition, sort of just the exploring that he got to do in his years with the Coast Guard in different places where they stopped, the different mountains that they climbed up to the top of, the different island chains that they went to, he completely came to life. And I, I've, I've watched this change in men. So again, this that is an example of the impact that, a, that being connected with the natural world has on a man. And I believe we're just wired that way. I think God created us that way. And I think he did it, which is why the setting in the Bible at the beginning is is described as a garden. And I don't, it's not like a modern garden. It is a pretty natural world. And that is what God created us to exist in and to find peace in. Not that we need to be isolated from people, but that we need to have a connection to what he made. Because I think there is a connection with some aspect of our spirit or our soul, something that resonates, especially with men. And so go out and try it. What do you got to lose? Don't stay stuck in the man-made world. Get out, find a connection with the natural world, whatever that is for you. It might just be fishing. I don't know. Um, But get out there and try something. You got nothing to lose. There's just a risk of you discovering something new about yourself. And I think if you will, I think you will discover stuff about yourself. And I don't know what that is. I think you will get a more of a clarity for the future direction of your life. 
I think you will be able to prioritize and jettison some stuff from your daily life that seems meaningless, um, that you do, that you just do because that's what you do. And you don't really stop to think about it because there's nothing around you that reminds you that maybe you should stop and reevaluate where you're at, where you want to go, and what are you devoting your time to? In my experience, most of those questions get answered when a man gets away from the man-made world. And the and especially for an extended period of time in a remote area, a man comes back different and he's never the same man again. And I think it is a tremendously positive change that takes place in that man. So there's my sales pitch for the natural world and, and what I believe is a necessary connection in a man's life if he wants to be mentally and emotionally healthy. He has to have as a component of his life a connection to the natural world, not the man-made world. I mean, the man-made world is going to be there, but you have to have that refuge of the natural world and you have to have a connection to it. You can't just look at it on a screen. You can't read about it. You can't look at it on a calendar. You can't watch videos and experience it. Vicariously through something else, it is not the same. It is something about being in it. So I will I will shut it off with that. So I hope that you find your life going in a good direction or choosing to see that where you're at is a chance to answer the questions that life is asking of you right now. And I hope that you have the courage to break loose of the man-made world, get out and see what the natural world might challenge you to look at in your own life. And I think you might be pleasantly surprised. In fact, I'm going to go with the odds and say that you will be pleasantly surprised at what you what you discover about yourself. I will catch you on the next one, and I hope that you have a good rest of the day.